A warm welcome to all who join us today. Today I have with me my mug from Wales. I have this cup because Wales has a great rugby team, and in this country the sheep outnumber the people three to one. When my oldest daughter was a student in Wales, she found this sheep for my wife. Maybe you can't see it, but today's psalm has much to say about sheep. The psalm is one of the most charming and well-loved of the psalms. This psalm is found on coffee mugs, wall hangings, and bookmarks. Have you committed it to memory? Rick Wilson, one of our church elders, remembers with great fondness and gratitude his grandfather's vivid portrayals of his wartime experience. Rick's grandfather was a German prisoner of war in World War II. Among the psychological and physical abuses he endured was what he termed the sweatbox. The sweatbox was a wooden case with spikes driven through the front and the back. POWs would be placed in the box with only their head exposed outside the box and left to stand for hours at a time. Even slight movements would result in piercing pain from the sharp spikes. Rick's grandfather took scripture memorization seriously, and the passage he recited consistently throughout his wartime experience was Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd. While he endured agonizing hours of the sweatboxes, Rick's grandfather was compelled to share the hope and assurance he had found by inscribing it inside the box word for word with his fingernails. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Rick's grandfather used that time to pray. His fellow prisoners would be able to to feel, read the inscriptions with their fingers, and be encouraged by their promise to turn toward Jesus. He prayed that his captors would see his Jesus-likeness and how he and, and he as fellow prisoners endured with a peace that surpassed all understanding under such circumstances. That they would walk through the valley of the shadow of death and not fear because the good and perfect shepherd was right there with them. Those simple inscriptions of the 23rd Psalm gave hope to the despairing and opened a a door for witness to the saving grace of Jesus to both allies and enemies. Why did Psalm 23 provide such hope 
to Rick's grandfather. Psalm 23 is personal. It's about a sheep and his shepherd, but also about a guest and his host. The second image is often forgotten. Two everyday images are employed. The Lord as shepherd who genuinely cares for his sheep and the Lord as host who cares for his guest. Psalm 23 is written from the perspective of the sheep and the guest. It expresses complete trust in Yahweh, in God, for provision, protection, guidance. It's a psalm of God's strength, grace, and comfort in all seasons of life, even the dark times. So let's unpack it in more detail. We probably need some help to understand the imagery because sheep and shepherds are not a familiar scene in Metro Vancouver. But the image of a shepherd tending his sheep was the most familiar figure of the uplands of Israel and is familiar on every continent to this day. In fact, there are about one billion sheep worldwide. So why do sheep need shepherds? The sheep, they possess little sense of danger. They follow blade of grass after blade of grass until they fall off a cliff. Sheep are slow to learn. A sheep may get caught in barbed wire trying to break through a fence and then do exactly the same thing the next day and the next. Sheep, they stray easily. They have this well-deserved reputation for wandering and getting lost. Sheep, they copy one another. If one starts running, they all run. If one gets a new iPhone, they all do. In summary, sheep really struggle without the constant care of the shepherd. They depend on the shepherd for protection, for provision, and guidance. So, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Again, we see that word Lord capitalized. Remember, this is the way that translators indicate that the word is the, actually the proper name for God, Yahweh. That name, it reveals who God is. The root of the word Yahweh is I am. In other words, he defines what it means to be. He always was, he is, and always will be. He has no beginning and no end. Everything that is not him depends on him to exist. All of creation, every living thing and every living person. He defines what is truth, beauty, and goodness. His name, Yahweh, means all of that and more. So David, he pronounces openly, unashamedly, Yahweh is my shepherd. Yahweh is certainly the shepherd of all his people, but the emphasis in this psalm is Yahweh is my shepherd. David's shepherd is not just an ordinary shepherd. No, he declares Yahweh is my shepherd the one who has all of life in his hand from beginning to end, the one who is loving and compassionate, patient, faithful, forgiving. Therefore, I shall not want. You'll note allusions to the um, wilderness journey of the people of Israel throughout the psalm. In the book of Deuteronomy, for example, we read that when the people of Israel left Egypt and wandered through the desert wilderness, they did not lack a thing. That's what the scriptures say. Deuteronomy. Throughout the entire journey, from beginning to end, no matter what the circumstances, God faithfully provided for their needs. They did not suffer lack. Can you see why Rick's grandfather would be strengthened by Psalm 23? 
In the Gospel of John, chapter 10, Jesus, he identifies himself as the good shepherd. When he says, I am the good shepherd, he's actually saying, I am Yahweh. As followers of Jesus, we're full members of God's family, sons and daughters of God himself. We can know that everything that is expressed in this psalm, all that it says about God's good, gracious care, is for us personally. We can openly and unashamedly say with David, my shepherd is my provider, I shall not want. How is God providing for us today? Food, uh, housing, clothing, relationships, education, opportunities, strength, counsel, direction. If Jesus Yahweh is not shepherding our lives, who is? If we're trying to shepherd our own lives, we'll find ourselves anxious, unnerved, insecure, because we just are so limited. David says in verses 2 and 3, my shepherd, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. In David's mind, the green pastures and grassy meadows are a peaceful resting place. Remember, rich green pastures are only a seasonal phenomenon in Israel at best. The hills, the hills around Bethlehem where David was a young shepherd are a, a dry, rocky set of rolling hills covered with sparse and tough grass. Water sources are also few and seasonal. During the winter and spring, however, the fields, even parts of the desert, are green in these seasons, the satisfied sheep do not need to embark on long migrations for grazing and water. The sheep can rest as the shepherd makes them lie down. David goes on, my shepherd leads me beside quiet waters. The Hebrew reads waters of rest. These are the, the wells and, and springs where sheep can drink without being rushed. These pictures of pasture and water portray God's refreshing care. David can say, my shepherd makes me lie down, leads me, restores me. His care for me, it's not seasonal, it's constant and abundant. He gives me new life and vigor. Again, returning to Israel's wilderness journey, Yahweh led the people of Israel to resting places in the desert, oases, where there was food and water. David, in his experience as a young shepherd, knew what it was like to lead his sheep to green pastures and still waters. And in his personal journey with God, with Yahweh, he experienced the shepherding hand of Yahweh, his good shepherd. In a similar way, Yahweh leads us to green pastures and still waters. Jesus, the good shepherd, he offers to give us rest and restoration. He says this, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly, John 10.10. 10. Those who are following Jesus receive love without measure, inexpressible joy, peace that surpasses understanding. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me, John 10, verse 27. What does Jesus, the good shepherd, invite us into? He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 and 29. Jesus, Yahweh, invites us to come to him. He doesn't say come to religion, come to church, come to spirituality. He says, come to me. It's a really personal invitation. And who are we? Well, we are the weary, the burdened ones. And the verb tense that Jesus uses there, it indicates that he's saying quite pointedly, come to me, you who have overburdened yourselves. You know, our excessive weariness is our own doing. Jesus, he offers rest and healing for our souls. Literally, Jesus says, I will rest you. I will make you lie down. I will lead you to quiet waters. I will restore your soul. I'll give you rest in your thought life, your questions and doubts, your emotional life, your anxieties, fears, anger, your will, your everyday decisions and life choices. But you have to come to me. What is Jesus the good shepherd, like? Well, he says he's gentle and humble, not demanding, cruel, manipulating, shrewd, not crafty, shifty, deceptive. Remember, he's Yahweh. He defines what it means to be true, good, and loving. So what weighs you down? What are the pressures, expectations, and disappointments that weigh you down? Jesus says, come to me and I will lead you into the Father's presence. I'll make you rest. I will unburden you and carry your burden for you. Learn from me. Trust me. So David says openly and unashamedly, my shepherd, he's my resting place. Can we say the same? True rest on the journey of life is found in the presence of the Good Shepherd. How do we find our way to these places of rest along the way? Psalm 23, verse 3. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Yahweh guides us in paths of righteousness, that is, on the right paths. Yahweh leads us on the straight paths that bring us most directly to our destination. He doesn't lead us down crooked paths without purpose. He does not tire us unnecessarily. He leads us to life and blessing for his name's sake. What does that mean? It means that Jesus is true to his name. He's true to himself, to his character. As our good shepherd, Jesus is our guide and caregiver and resting place. He came that we might have life and have it abundantly. He is goodness and love and mercy and justice, all that we need. When we pass through the dark valleys of life, not if, but when we pass through the dark valleys, our confidence in Jesus, our shepherd, is tested. Remember, in the land of Israel, When the shepherd leads the sheep toward grass and water, the sheep must often pass through deep, rugged wadis. Wadis are dry stream beds cut through the semi-desert hills by the seasonal torrents of winter rain. The canyon depths are covered in dark shadows as the rising cliff walls block out the distant sun. 
Green pastures and still waters seem far removed. The heat is often very oppressive. In some of the desert valleys and ravines, the light is actually completely kept out, and the sheep does not know what it will encounter, a steep drop, a wild beast. In the deep valleys, you don't know what lurks in the shadows, but sometimes the paths that take us through the valleys with deep shadows are actually the right paths. David draws on this vivid imagery in verse 4. Even though he walks through moments of deep darkness, he will not fear evil. Why? Because God is with him. Underlying the root of the name Yahweh, I am, is I will be with you. Yahweh, he's bound to his name to be who he is. For the sake of his name, he's faithful to each one of his sheep, even in the dark valleys. David, he says openly and unashamedly in Psalm 23, my shepherd, Yahweh, well, he's my guide. Sometimes the paths may appear to be crooked, dangerous, dark, but from the perspective of my shepherd, the way is straight. No matter what the circumstance or the season, Yahweh is carefully leading me to green pastures and still waters, to life and to blessing. Did you notice the shift in pronouns in verse 4. David shifts from declaring something to other people about his shepherd to speaking directly to his shepherd. You are with me. And then he continues, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The staff was used by the shepherd to guide sheep down the right paths. The rod was a club used by the shepherd to beat down wild animals. It was used to protect sheep from danger. And David, he knew all about this when he was about to fight Goliath. This is what he said to King Saul. Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, rescued the sheep from its mouth, When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. That's in 1 Samuel 17. David is comforted because of God's personal presence and constant vigilance. He declares openly and unashamedly, my shepherd, Yahweh, he's my protector. Even in periods of uncertainty and danger, in the sweat box, even in the darkest of valleys, Rick's grandfather knew that Jesus was his resting place, his provider, his guide, his protector. About a year ago, Rick, his grandson, our church elder, was diagnosed with ALS. Rick feels the effects of this degenerative disease. He remembers Psalm 23. In his personal valley of deep shadows, Jesus is his good shepherd. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In verse 5, the declaration to Yahweh, it continues, but the metaphor shifts. Did you notice? Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup, it overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
ever. The language of table, of anointing the head with oil, of the cup overflowing, and of being in the Lord's house all communicate that David is is Yahweh's honored guest. David is at a table and he says, Yahweh is my host. I'm seated at Yahweh's lavish table. In the ancient world of Israel, before entering a banquet hall, the host would honor the guest by anointing his head with oil. An oil made by adding perfume to olive oil. The overflowing cup symbolized the generous hospitality of the host. He filled the cup to communicate, please stay a little longer. Why don't you linger a while? The guest was invited to come under the protection and care of the host at his table. These insights from the ancient world remind me of my visits to Egypt where my hosts, both rich and poor, honored me and other guests with their best. The table was always set with an abundance of vegetables and fruit and meats, and typically the family waited in an adjoining room waiting for guests to be satisfied before they would eat. David's feasting at the table, it pictures friendship with God. It portrays resting in God's delightful presence every day and receiving from him solid protection and abundant provision at God's table. Listen to Psalm 36. How precious is your steadfast love, O God! The children of mankind take refuge in the, in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the, the river of your delights, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light do we see light. Once again, Consider Israel's wilderness journey. On the way, their enemies tried to block them, threaten them, attack them. Psalm 78 verse 9 says that Yahweh spread a table in the desert for the people. Yahweh demonstrated his love in the midst of life's difficulties, life's adversities. As David sits at God's lavish table, he says, my troubles and fears, they just fade into the background as I receive the abundance of Yahweh's generous hospitality. My host, Yahweh, is my friend. He knows me personally, my intimacy with God. It's experienced in the midst of life as it is with all of its, its mix of, of joy and pain, of health and illness, of, of provision and need, of community and loneliness. Yahweh is my loyal, lifelong friend. In verse 6, David says, I may be hounded by enemies who seek my destruction, but more importantly, wherever I go, every day, I am actually pursued by God's goodness and mercy, his faithfulness and steadfast love. They are my faithful companions. Not only do I sit as an honored guest at Yahweh's table today, but I also expect to dwell in Yahweh's house all the days of my life. I will sit in Yahweh's house in his presence every day of my life on earth, good days and dark days. Yahweh, my host, is my life. And death, well, it's a door to dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. There you see the name Yahweh again. 
Yahweh is the beginning and the end. His name, it opens the psalm, it ends the psalm. All of life is to be lived under his shepherding and hosting care. From life's beginning to the day when the words of revelation are fulfilled. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, Revelation 7. And then, let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready, Revelation 19. At the marriage feast of Jesus and his bride, There will be, as Psalm 16 reads, fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. No more wanting, no more fear, no more tears. 17 years ago, my wife Judy was waiting for surgery at uh, Albert Einstein Israelite Hospital in Brazil. She had been diagnosed with cancer for the second time. For almost a year prior to the surgery, she had meditated on Psalm 23, word for word, as she wrestled with the implications of having cancer. The Lord, Yahweh, what does that mean? He's my shepherd. What does that mean? What does it mean for Jesus to be my good shepherd? As we waited in that hospital room, a medical doctor dressed in white came in. We had never seen him before. Quietly walked over to Judy, put his hand on her head and said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. The doctor recited the entire psalm. You see, Jesus is personal. He knew how much my wife needed to hear those familiar words. When Jesus says to us, I'm the good shepherd, he's saying, I'm with you. I'm your provider. I'm your resting place. I'm your guide and protector. When he says, I'm your host, he's saying, I'm your faithful friend. I'm your life. I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. I know your name. And I lay down my life for you. You're mine. Nothing can separate you from my strong hand. I'm waiting for you at my table. May we have this psalm engraved on our hearts. Jesus is the good shepherd who laid down his life for you. He identified with you. He offered his life as the perfect sacrifice on your behalf so that your sins might be forgiven, so that you might have life and have it abundantly, so that you might have a seat at his table forever. Jesus says to those who have never given their lives to him, come to me. And he continues to say it to those of us who are following him, come to me. If you have never (laughs) said yes to Jesus' invitation 
to come to him, I ask you to pray with me right now. And if you are following Jesus, then I want to pray with you as well. Let's pray. First, a prayer for those that have never surrendered their lives to Jesus. Jesus, I thank you that you invite me to come to you. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I get it wrong so often. And I go my own way. I stray just like a sheep. So often I'm confused, but you invite me to come to your table. And you offer to be my good shepherd, and I need your life. You offer life in abundance. And so, Jesus, I invite you to come into my life and change me from within. I ask your Holy Spirit to guide me. I need guidance. I need protection. I need care. Forgive me for my sin. I accept your sacrifice on the cross for me. Thank you for taking my sin upon yourself. Thank you, Jesus, for your love for me. And I commit myself to follow you. Enable me to do that by your Spirit. I want to live for you, with you forever. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, then just click the I commit myself to Jesus button. I'd lo- we'd love to um, walk with you. And now a prayer for those who follow Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you are our good shepherd. We thank you that you are our protector, our guide, our life, our host, our friend. You are all that we need. And forgive us, Lord, when we try to shepherd our own lives, when we try to oversee our lives without your aid, when we just go our own way. Forgive us. Lord, we commit ourselves to follow you, to uh, just rest in your presence, to accept, O Lord, what you have for us. If we're running too hard, Lord, may we just slow down and rest. If we're not coming to your table to, to receive what you have for us, Lord, forgive us. May we come to your table and receive all that you have for us in this season. Calm our thoughts. Stabilize our emotions. Help us make right decisions. Bring healing to our hearts, to our relationships. Most of all, Lord, may we come to know you for who you truly are because life is found in you and you alone. Thank you that you offer to us life now, life in abundance, and also life with you forever. What a tremendous hope. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to hear the choir sing, uh, a virtual choir. I pray that the song will speak deeply to you. God bless.